lovely sister Nellie <laughs> and Nellie is going to be sharing her testimony today you know how like there are parents who like take their children to church and that's just normal and sometimes it's like I'm going to church so you're going to church right but that's really all it is it's like we we go to church right. and then once they get older it's like you can decide whether you want to go or right. stay home exactly and that's it there isn't really much else like exactly. you're not they're they're not raising them up in the way that we've exactly. been instructed to by exactly. the bible so yeah it's good that you're doing that <clears throat> and that's and that's and that's like our biggest goal because both reg and i was born and raised in the church you mm -hmm. know and we can both attest you know growing up in the church it was like hey this is what we do and there's no other way yeah you know but then it's like you get older and then you now have to make that real decision for yourself like is this what I'm going to do is that not what I'm going to do and I don't want my kids to do that like I yeah. want my kids to know the Lord to be able to operate in the spirit like from young mm -hmm. you know because I believe it's important you know especially in this generation like listen having kids in this generation is scary already yes so I just want to make sure that as we're raising these kids up for this generation that they are already from the from young like we're not waiting to teenage we're not waiting to adult like from young they will be saved from Amen. young they'll be casting out demons from young you know what i'm saying yes. they'll be really flowing in the spirit of god because it is necessary and i'm telling you this world is scary already like yeah so i'm just um that's that's just our goal right yeah. now is really um raising up into the purpose of god and making sure that they don't have to wait till when they have to make that 18 year old decision, that adult decision, whether I want to live for Christ or not. Like, no, this is what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And that's the temperature of this house. Like, right. That's it. Yeah. You know, so instilling that into them. And it's interesting because um, my daughter's school, um, the teacher had sent uh, a form you know, saying, Hey, what, what um holidays do you guys celebrate? And, um, just so that I, we can know, like, how can we um, incorporate, like, all holidays and stuff. And um, it was so funny because I'm sitting over here like, man, like. None of them. What am I going to say? <laughs> like, because I already had taken my daughter out for Halloween. Mm -hmm. So she's probably like, okay, like, now it's the week of, of Christmas. And they had, like, themes. And Niall just wasn't wearing, doing nothing of the, of the themes. And so she's probably just like, hmm, let me just kind of send this out as a general thing. But I really want to know what's going on. And um, one of the things that I wrote is, hey, you know, we don't celebrate any holiday. Um, however, what we do is we, um, we rear our kids into knowing what love is, what um, compassion is what kindness is and you know that's what we celebrate in this home we celebrate you know be uh, making strides and and doing things um to be you know um good samaritans in in this world in generally the things that will make them become a better person and it just when i wrote that i was just like man um that's what we should really be saying like oh i don't celebrate holidays it's, mm -hmm. um you know, because you're doing a lot more than just celebrate holidays. You, you know, we, we understand that, right? It's not just a holiday we're celebrating. We're, we're celebrating what the origin of that holiday is and what is it creating in your child and you as a family. Yes. Like, why are traditions even here? Mm -hmm. So that's what I said. I said, like, no, we're, we just we just have traditions where we're raising our kids to be just 
a better human being, Mm -hmm. you know, and whatever that looks like in all aspects. Yeah. So. So, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Do do you expect the teacher to, I guess, like respond? Like, is there a follow up to that or is it just kind of like you sent it out? No, it was just a, she just wanted to kind of get an idea. Yeah. And that was what it was. And I remember even with my son's school, like in the beginning of the school year, last year when he was going to kindergarten, that was one of the first things like, Hey, I want to get to know your family. I want to kind of get a better idea of the family dynamic. Right. And so she was like, you know, when is his birthday? What holidays do you guys celebrate? What holidays don't you celebrate? Um, even what's your, um, I think I want to say she even asked what's your religion or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, like I never really, I never really thought a teacher would ask all those like, yeah, because now it could be like invasive or too like, like, or even when you think about like how the children are being indoctrinated, exactly, and how the teachers are just like teaching them whatever what they I, want, exactly. So it's exactly. It really it's actually a real green flag for a teacher to be like, hey, what do you guys exactly? Do? Yeah, but um, I was like, you know what, I'm I I want I I like that because it it allows for a conversation, it allows for an understanding standing and it shows me that she's really she's really invested in Mm -hmm. these kids like she wants to know really how are the family dynamics because that helps her to understand and it made sense because throughout the whole school year we were so involved I mean we were already involved parents but she incorporated parents in anything that she knew hey you know what I know that you said Valentine's is your thing mm-hmm. you know so um I want to know if you want to come in and read a book or like she really incorporated the families into the classroom yeah. which I really really appreciated and I'm, I'm happy I didn't hold back on who Nathaniel would be in that classroom because even towards the end, like he was like, man, I'm going to miss your son. Like I learned so much about your family just through your son. Yeah. Um, and I was like, really? And, and um, <laughs> towards the end of the school year, she gave me a packet of reading um, things that they were working on. And he's like, I know you were going through a lot with your daughter. And um, I just want to let you know that many times when we had to do reading assignment, writing assignments, Nathaniel would talk about his sister. Wow. And um, I think there was a uh, there was one where he had to go to the hospital the night before. He had to go to the hospital with us because mm-hmm. we had a crisis with our daughter. And um, he drew a picture of the hospital. Wow. He drew a picture of his sister in the bed. And so he was like, you know, even if I never knew what was going on in your home, your son really made sure that he let his family he let the classroom knew how much he loved his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, wow, like that was really impactful. And I don't know, I'm getting emotional right now, but um, even the principal, like when my daughter passed, um, the way the school embraced us was like, wow, you know, I didn't expect that, but it was just, it was just a lot of support and love that you didn't expect. Yeah. And sometimes just being, transparent and just open you realize like how much people are just really willing to love and really wanting to be good human being you Mm -hmm. know not necessarily oh because um they're rich or they're a minority group it's just that wow like they were open to sharing a most vulnerable part 
And because of that, we respect them. We have more of a higher respect for them. Yeah. So. But, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's awesome that you guys were able to be embraced in that way because, I mean, I feel like we established our relationship, like, on the, the tail end of, you know, well, yeah, on the tail yeah. end of that whole situation. And even even more so, I, I almost think that this was my introduction to who you guys were because you guys have been in the community for a little while, but I didn't know you guys yet. And I didn't know that you guys even had a daughter who was sick. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you hear you hear a tragedy happens in the community, like inside the body of God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, no, it, it's my duty to know that they're not alone. Right. right. And it's awesome to have those relationships and those connections inside the body, but it's also wonderful that you were able to find people like that outside of the body. Because when I think about the world, it's cold out there. Mm -hmm. It's cold. It's lonely. People are very closed off. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to say that, or for me, it's hard to say that I'll be able to establish like those real Mm in-depth relationships Mm -hmm outside in the world but it's it's you know a little hope for humanity oh definitely definitely I think it is and I think you know just generally people are just trying to find fillers Mm -hmm. right people are trying to fill voids people are trying to fill whatever it is that they're lacking you know and many times it's just a small gesture a gesture or it's a small hi, how are you today? Like, let me just stop you for two minutes in your walk. And Mm -hmm. how are you doing today? Um, I find that that's really what people need now because they're already trying to fill a void. But in, in, in all of that, they're also just trying to cry out. Mm -hmm. You know, they're trying to find an outlet, whatever that looks like for them. Mm -hmm. And, it's just something as simple as just saying hi to someone yeah. or just being real with someone. Like you ask me how my day, it's not just good. Like I am going through it. Right. And you asked me, so I'm going to, I'm tell, going, you. Right, I'm <laughs> going to tell you, yeah. it is not a good day today. And I uh, expect you to listen. Right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then through that, like you can really just like speak hope in someone's life, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I think just having my daughter and really realizing that people are really, there are genuine people out there that is really looking for just a conversation. And in that conversation, there's hope. There's encouragement that could be um, given. So recently, I want to, not recently, but I want to say all my life, like I've always been like that, but more since the um, ending of my daughter's life, like I'm very intentional about when I'm walking down the street or if I see someone giving them a smile and, and, and really just indulge in getting people into a conversation mm-hmm. because I realized that a conversation can go, but so could go so far, Yeah, you know, not, but so far it can go far. Yeah. So I'm intentional about that daily. That's it's, like one of the things I really do do now. Yeah. It's good because even in those little conversations, like listening to different testimonies, it's it's common mm-hmm. that the, one of those little conversations will lead someone to Christ. Yes. Yeah. Even if it's like 
just a small interaction, right. it'll eventually lead to some, it can eventually lead to, you know, something else. And then boom, Jesus, yep. you show up. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, how long have you been saved now? Man, how long have I been saved? Like real saved or saved, saved, just saved. I really would say that my, me getting saved, I want to say really after college. Okay. After college is when I realized, I realized like, man, first of all, I was in college hearing my mom in my head and I was like oh my god why do I keep hearing my mom and then like the very person I was like I never want to be like like I was beginning to hear the things that she was saying to me and I started really applying them I was very rebellious in my teenage years and many things I already I knew that my mom loved me and she just wanted to see the best in me mm-hmm. but you know you just in that stage where you just want to do your thing yeah you just want to move how you roll um and so many times like I'm like man no, I, I, I need God for myself mm-hmm. like I need to find God for myself and I think towards the end of my my college career um I really began to seek the Lord mm-hmm. um and so I transitioned out, out of my childhood church and I started going to this new church and um, I was just really just, I was hungry for God. Like I was hungry for him. Cause I was like, there has to be more, there yeah. has to be more. Like it just seemed like everything was just making more sense to me in life that I was like, no, God is not there mm-hmm. because I need more of that. If that's God, then that's not it. Yeah. Like, that's not even scratching the surface. Like I just had this desire and this hunger and I'm like, no God, there has to be more of you. There has to be more of you. And I remember when I started going to that church and the words were becoming more alive to me. I was like, this is where I need to be mm-hmm. because now the word is I'm hungry for God. The words are coming more alive in my life and I need to seek this because I just felt like I was, I, this is a place where I can see growth and I can grow. And so really, really uh, starting going through that journey. And uh, that's where I also met my husband. And, in that uh, church? Mm-hmm, okay. In that church. And then we just started growing. I remember there was a, we were, I was coming up into a new year and um, I prayed and I said, Lord, you know, I don't want the things of the world. I don't want to be dating right now. Like, I don't want a man. Like, I don't desire that right now. Mm -hmm. I just want you. And I remember um, when Reg first uh, came to me, like, I was like, who are you? (laughs) Where'd you come from? (laughs) And um, funny thing is the very prayer that I prayed to God, like, Lord, I need you to fix me. I need you to just mend me back together. I was going through a lot of brokenness. Like just, I just felt like the more that I desired God, I started to see my life really like a crappy thing. And it was just a broken thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, I just need you to mend me. I just need you to put me back together because I like, I'm, I'm crap right now. (laughs) And I remember there were times um, I'd just be in Reg's presence and the very thing I'm praying for God, like Reg is answering them through mm-hmm. just a conversation. Yeah. 
And I remember one day we were in a car in front of his house and I just cried, like scream cry. Not like, no, like I was screaming, crying. And I was like, get away from me because it was almost like he was talking to me and whatever he was talking to me was penetrating my heart. Yeah. Like to the point where like, like I felt like, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Big Red. (laughs) No, I didn't see it. But I it's just a saw movie. the preview. Oh, my gosh. She, like, pretty much this girl, like, something with, like, her tradition. But anyways, she was a regular girl. But when she would get angry or I'm trying to remember why she would become this big red bear. But she was she would turn into this big red bear. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt. Like, I was, I was feeling like I was being crushed. And I was not having the control that I know to have. Yeah. So I was like fighting with it. And so like he, and I remember in all of that, like he would just subdue, like he would be in that car and he would just allow me to just cry, scream. And I was like, get away from me. Like, I don't need you around here. And he's like, but what if God has sent me here for you? Mm. And when he said that to me, like, if I could have punched him, I would because <laughs> that's how like angry I was because it's like, you know, you pray for something and you're like, God, I asked you to fix me. I didn't ask you to send him mm-hmm. and like how he was doing it is not what I liked. And so now I was battling between my flesh and spirit. Literally like you can like Reg was like, there were times when I'd be in his presence and he would literally feel his entire energy sucked out. And that's because like, I was literally in a place where I was battling. I was really battling God and myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, he just would just take it. And I'm like, man, like you really like challenges because (laughs) if I was a man, I would not deal with this. Like, you know, but his thing was, listen, I accept challenges and whatever that is, I'm going to face it. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we went through our, um, dating courting actually, cause we never, he never asked me to be his girlfriend. He never <laughs> asked me for, he, it was just assumed. Like, I think the second time he took me out, um, he asked me, you know, if I gave you a dollar and I told you to put a dollar in this, um, in this bond and you would get a million dollars with you, I said, of course. And he's like, if I give you this dollar and I told you if you put it in this bond, maybe you'll get a million dollars, maybe you won't, would you do it? I said no. And he was like, well, I'm putting my dollar in this million-dollar bond. And I was like, but you don't know me. You have no idea who I am. And what I have shown you already is means to, is grounds <laughs> to run. <laughs> but he was like, I'm, I'm willing. I want this. And I was like, okay. So I went home and I was like really contemplating my life. I said, Lord, I told you I didn't want a man. I told you I didn't want a relationship. Like I just wanted you to put me back together. Mm-hmm. Um, heal me. And um, why are you sending him? Because even though like, I, again, like I said, I was always fighting between like what I, what I was praying for and just self-preservation really. And, um, there was a time I was like, you know what? I need to let me, I let, I need to let this self-preservation go because if this person could sit here and take all that I am showing him, which is very ugly and still want to pursue this, then this has to be beyond himself. 
Mm-hmm. This has to be beyond, you know, the physical. Yeah. And so, you know, we, I just continued. I just continued to allow him to pursue me. And I realized like, man, I don't know what I need. God knows what I need, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the things that I said I wanted, he was like, yeah, I hear what you want, but I'm gonna give you what you need. Exactly. You know? And so we just continued um, to really do this thing, do this life thing together. And um, I remember he told me, he was like, you know, I can't pursue this relationship towards a marriage unless you mend your relationship with your parents. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So now you're giving me another task. Like, not not only are you, like, and that's what I'm telling you, is like, when you really ask God for something, you don't know how it's going to come. But you, us in our mind, we have this perception mm-hmm. of what we think how God is going to do it. And right. he's like, no. Actually, I have my own plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And so now I'm like, man, I have to deal with unforgiveness. Like, I have to deal with humbling myself. Like, I have to deal with all of this. This is all part of the healing process. Um, And so I said, okay. So I'm like, well, what does this look like? So I got to the point where I was even asking him, like, well, you show me. You help me. Because at this point, like, I just feel like you just taking layers off of me. Mm-hmm. So help me. Because now it's almost like, I'm like, God had to have sent you. Because you didn't just pop up the face of the earth. <laughs> I don't know you from a can of paint. And you're doing all of this stuff to help heal me to be a better person. Yeah. And so um, I started to really humble myself and I went to my parents and I asked them to forgive me and um, I asked them to, you know, um, to just like, let's move forward. Like I will be a submissive child to you. So wait, on the, on the topic of your parents, what, what happened to get you to a place where you felt as though you needed to ask for forgiveness and like begin mending there? So when I... Um, so like I said, when I really got saved after college, Mm -hmm. um, I really thought that I really needed to, um, find Christ for me. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I was in my childhood church. So when I moved away from that church, it became a war zone. Mm -hmm. Like just being able to make this decision to move away from this church was a lot for my parents. Like they couldn't understand that to them was like, how dare you? Why are you leaving this church? This is where I raised you guys. And so there was a lot of that. And I was like, I need to separate from my parents. Not doing it very immature. I just like moved out their house. I started, I moved out on my, on my own. And I was just trying to figure this life out. Little old me don't know what life really is yeah. about. And here I am on my high horse thinking like, well, I got Jesus. So I got everything. Mm-hmm. But it was like, no, honey. It's more than that, you know. And so when I met Reg, like, he was like, yeah, no, like, you didn't leave your parents' house correctly. It was okay for you to um, really rededicate your life to Christ and walk, but not in the, not at a means to disrespect your parents, not mm-hmm. at the means to just say, hey, I don't need you guys no more, because that's mm-hmm. what you essentially did, mm-hmm. you know. when you When you moved out, you cut them off for what? And so it was a lot of having to go back and fix those things yeah. that I had broken, right? And so um, 
when he was like, no, like I'm not marrying you without you fixing this because I'm going to be married into your family as well. And so I need to know that mom and dad approves of me um, because I'm not just going to marry you either. Like I'm going to ask your father hand in marriage and all this stuff. So his thing was that honor, that respect. Yeah. He needed me. He needed to gain that from my parents and that had to first start with me. So, you know, had to just submit, just had to (laughs) humble myself. And so um, it just so happened too, like I lost my job. So my job was my, that's how I I was providing for myself. And I was out of a job for months and I was like, I'm going to figure it out. Like I'm going to, God is going to help me figure it out. And he's like, no, you need to go back to your parents' home. You're not going to get a job until you actually leave this place. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And so I remember I called my parents and I said, hey, mom, dad, like I would like to sit and talk with you guys and all of that. And so I sat there. He drove me to my mom's house. And he's like, I'll, <laughs> I'll sit outside. <laughs> and you go inside and you fix that. And um, I told my parents, I said, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. I didn't mean to really walk out of your house like that. Um, but I'm asking you guys to forgive me. And I'm, I'm also um, asking that you guys would allow me to come back home and all that stuff. And they're like, your room is right upstairs. What yes. are you waiting for? And so I moved in. And I want to say that was like maybe a little bit after my birthday. So that was in January. Mm-hmm. I literally got a call in, in February for a job. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> but it was just like, I was just like, man, like we really don't know God's plans. Yeah. Like we have no idea how, like he, he wants to be part of everything. Like when you truly surrender, like he will invade every area of your life. And so, um, I just started to see God really move in my life in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, where if, where it first started with really honoring my parents, you know, and doing right to them, respecting my elders and, and being obedient. Like those are the things that I feel like my blessings flowed from. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, you know, life went on, we got married and, you know, we're, we're, we're living, um, life together and then boom, I start having kids, you know, life is great. Um, and in the midst of all that, yeah, you go through your ups and downs, but now I had that foundation where me and him knew, okay, Christ is in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think really I felt like I got saved again after my daughter passing. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like it was another level of being saved. And I don't think there is levels to being saved. I mean, honestly, though, I I feel what you're saying. Like that's it's not a biblical concept, but I can honestly relate with what you're saying. Like certain things happen in life and they propel you closer to Christ. Exactly. And it it almost feels like this, like multiple level of rebirth. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. And I'm just like, okay. I remember when I was pregnant with Onika. Um, I kept telling Reg, I said, babe, I don't know what it is about this baby, but something special about this baby. Um, it's something special about this pregnancy. It's something special about 
this child that we're bringing forth, I can't put a, I can't put a, a, a finger to it, but it's something about this child. And I remember towards the end of the pregnancy, like I said, babe, I think this child is going to do something for us. And he was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're always talking about this child, though. Like, <laughs> like, is this your idol? I'm like, no, I don't think it's my idol. I think it's like I I, I couldn't explain it. And I, I think at that time I wasn't seeking the Lord yeah. the way I should have been. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a lot of it, too, I missed. I missed hearing what God really had to say. Because even though, like I said, I couldn't put a finger to it, I believe if I had really prayed more in-depthly, like really – pursue Christ during that pregnancy, I believe that there was a lot that he would have been able to relate to me mm-hmm. that I missed. And so I remember when she was born, um, I just kept hearing that I'm going to use her to get to you. Like it was like a constant message. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, wow. like God, why me? Like why, why would you use her to get to me, like yeah. just use me, like you know, like just just come to me, just wake but, me up. But clearly, I was deaf. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I was deaf in that moment, and I wasn't pursuing him the way I should have been pursuing him. So there's a lot of things I've missed. So he's like, okay, well, I'm gonna use anything. Mm. And I believe during the time that I was literally caring for my daughter, I was literally going to different appointments and meeting different people along the path. I'm like. Why do I keep hearing God wants you? Mm-hmm. He wants you and he's going to use her to get to you. And I'm like, man, like, what is it? Like, what is it? And I remember, so before my daughter, about two years prior to that, we had left our last place of fellowship. Mm-hmm. So at that point, we didn't have discipleship. We didn't have Why did you um, guys covering. leave where you were? We left there. Because it was time. Okay. It was time to leave there. Um, things just started going left. Um, doctrines were doctrines of men and not mm. doctrines of Christ. Mm. Um, it just became essentially a cult. Mm. Um, and it just it just became toxic. I mean, I remember my husband would keep telling me, babe, why am I getting these headaches? Like, to the point where I felt like his health started getting affected. Um and it just was, it, we were just in a bad place. At that point, we weren't growing. Yeah. It was very stagnated. And I was like, yeah, our time has run out. And I can remember vividly, I was in a kitchen and I was cooking and I heard the Lord say to me, your time here is done. It's coming up. And I said, wow, like I heard, like I literally heard this. Yeah. And I said, okay. But I didn't say anything to my husband. I didn't say anything to anyone. I just was like, okay, I'm going to see how it play out. Because in my head, I didn't know how it was going to play out. But I know I heard that message Mm -hmm. very clear. And so that happened. And so for two years, we were just kind of like just laying low. Like literally just, hey, Lord, place us where you need us to be. And I remember Reg kept saying, babe, this is our church. Our home is our church. Our home is our church. And I kept saying, but... Like, we still need some, like, guidance. We still need discipleship. And we're not in the place to disciple ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I just remember praying. And I said, Lord, like, you know, I just, I miss being part of a body. Like, I miss being part of people who are like-minded. Like, I miss that. And um, 
very um, close to the end of our daughter's life, um, Reg just began to just connect with people throughout the, throughout his life that he, he met. And um, he was preached the gospel to, and he said yes to it. Mm. And during that, um, he wasn't sharing that with me. Really? Mm-mm. He didn't share that with me. And I guess because, like, literally months before that, he was like, babe, I'm not interested in another church. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in another four wall or a congregation. Like, that's not my desire right now. And I said, okay. And in my head, that's all I know. So I'm like, but this is all we know. This is all we grew up knowing, you know. So this is what we need. Yeah. Like, we're, we have kids and we don't want to just be here. Like we want to be connected. We want to be part of something. And so then, um, I just started seeing him move differently. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> then he's like, yeah, you know, I got to meet with such and such and, uh, we got to do, uh, we got to do some stuff. And I'm like, what's the stuff? <laughs> so I, I was in real vague. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? And then, um, I remember, I could tell, like, you know when you, I'm pretty sure you would know, like, but you know, like, if you feel like your husband needs to tell you something, but he just kind of don't know how to how to share it or how to come about. Mm-hmm. And so I remember him doing that. And I'm, like, he wants to tell me something, and my husband's not one to, to keep away from me. Like, he'll come home and he'd tell me his whole day from right. beginning to end. Yes. And so, like, I'm like, how was the day? He's like, man, baby, it was really good. It was really good. And I was like, oh, okay. And I remember... um, one day I called him and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, hey, I'm doing Activate. I'm like, Activate? What's that? He's like, oh, I'll tell you when we get home. So I'm over <laughs> here like, who is he doing? Act- like, what is Activate? What is this thing? So now listen, I'm, you better listen, than me. I I'm in Google. I'm like, Activate? What is that? And so he's like, no. Look. And so then um, I called him back. I'm like, wait, what is like what is Activate? And then he was like, oh, look, I'm sitting here with, um, I'm sitting here with Gordon. I'm like, oh, okay, hi, who are you? <laughs> So then he comes home and he's like, uh, so I'm like, so what's, so are you going to wait for me to ask you? Or are you going to come out and blurt what's right. been going on? And so he's like, no, I'm just going through this. Um, I'm just going through this like Bible study thing. And I just want to know, um, I just want to see if it's something that, you know, actually he didn't even tell me that he just said, no, I'm just going through these Bible studies and I'm just, um, just peaking interest. And I said, oh, okay, Bible study. Hmm, okay. All right, so this <laughs> this is of God, okay. And I remember uh, just seeing him flow a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I was like, something's happening. So in my head, I'm like, listen. What I, do I don't, you mean by flow, flowing different? Like, he just... Like, he just was, something different about him was just happening. Like, I could see his demeanor. Like, he was just a lot more softer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, I don't get what's happening. But I felt like he was he was just transforming before me. Mm. Um, he was I saw him like praying more. I saw him asking me questions about God more or like trying to see where I where I stand. And I'm like, well, babe, you know this already. Like, this is not anything that you need to be really fishing out. Like, you know that we were a family who wants more of God. Like, this is a family that is seeking for God. And so then um, I remember he was in the shower once. He was taking a bath. And he's like, babe, do you mind coming in the, sh- the bathroom with me? And I'm like, sure. And he was like, um, so I'm having a change of heart. That's what he said to me. 
I said, you're having a change of heart. What do you mean? And he's like, um, I believe God is doing something in me. And I said, what is he doing in you? And um, he said, I just want to ask you to forgive me for anything that I would have done to you, anything that I would have said to hurt you, or anything that I would have said that goes against what you know we stand for in this home and is God. And I just want you to forgive me, and I just want us to move forward and to pursue Christ together. And I said, okay. And so immediately in my head, I'm like, what the <laughs> heck is going <laughs> But it was good. It was good because I'm like, this is what I've been believing God for. Like, I knew that something needed to happen because we were just stagnated. We were just kind of like living life. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I don't know if God is even in the midst of this anymore because we're just kind of like going about our day. Like, we weren't praying together like that. We weren't really seeking the Lord. Like, it, it just, it, it, it was, was just, just like, cold. it was just, yeah, it was just like that lukewarm yeah. state where you just, hey, you believe, we, we pray but, today, mm -hmm. well, we don't have to pray tomorrow, you know? And so that's where we were at. And um, I remember when he said that, I was like, okay. I said, babe, I forgive you and okay, let's move forward. And then um, that's when he started telling me about, well, this is what Activate is, this is what, and I'm like, well, who are these people and mm -hmm. what are you talking about? And um, a part of me too was resistant because me and Reg usually do things together. Mm -hmm. So now I felt like he was doing things without me and he was connecting with people and here I am at home with our sickly child and like you out here just, meeting people and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm over here just praying the Lord would just do a miracle on my child. Yeah. You know? And so towards the end of her life, I just kept feeling like I need to say yes. I need to say yes because I know that God wants me. I know that he's trying to get to me, but now I have my daughter's situation. Now I have all of this chaos around me and I'm like, I say yes to what? Mm. Like, I didn't know what I was saying yes to, but I really needed to just say yes, blind, yeah. blindfully. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember there was a moment I was just in prayer. I said, God, like, I don't know where to even start, but I say yes. Amen. <laughs> and when, he, when I said yes, I want to say two or three days later, my daughter left. And I was like, okay. And I remember when I saw my daughter unconscious on our bed and we were fighting for her life, doing CPR and doing all sorts of things. There was a peace. I never, I never panicked. And I saw my daughter go purple before. And that fear that I had then, I didn't have it at that moment. Mm. And I said, and Raj is like, babe, babe. And I'm like, it's okay. She, she's fine. She's fine. He's like, babe, this is weird. Like, why are they not getting a pulse? Why are they not getting a pulse? And I'm like, it's okay. And I remember I had met Natala maybe two weeks before that, one of our sisters. And I called her and I said, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray with me right now. Onika's unconscious. She's been unconscious for a couple minutes. I need you to pray. Yeah. And she just started. She just went in and she's like, I'm going to call you back. And so, um, the whole time I was still, like literally I was still, there was nothing that 
there was no worry. There was no worry. And I said, all right, babe, I'm going to go to the hospital. I, it was in the middle of the night. And I remember driving to the hospital, and I said, Lord, I said yes. I said yes. And the peace that I feel right now, if this is truly you, just keep it. Mm-hmm. Just keep me in that peace. I get to the e- ER, and they're just like, Mom, what's going on? And I told them everything, and I was, like, speaking with clarity. Like, yeah. this is what happened. This is the time, and da-da-da-da. And they're like, okay, we're just going to take her into the room, and we're just going to have you sit down. And in my head, I'm just like, Lord, I said yes. I said yes. And um, when they finally told me, they're like, hey, you know, it's been about 45 minutes, and we're trying to resuscitate her, and there's there's no signs of pulse. Um, I just want to – I just want – you to come in at this point because we're trying to give her whatever it is um I think it was epinephrine which is like something that just gets the heart going Mm -hmm. and um I went into the room and even them they couldn't understand like how I was moving they were just like are you okay do you need a chair and I'm like I'm fine I'm fine and they're like okay mom we're gonna give her eight doses of this after the eight dose we're not gonna continue she's a she's a baby and she can't withstand all of that so they called me in at number four and they're like we're, this is the fourth one we just gave to her I just want you to see that you know we're really trying to work on her we're really trying to work on her they got to number five they got to number six they got to number seven they're like mom this is the very last one I just want you to see that she's not coming back yeah. I said okay and so they did the last and then they said 2 15 at 2 15 a.m they just pronounced her dead and they were like, Mom, we're just going to give you some time. You know, you could walk away. I mean, we're going to walk away. We're going to give you some time for you to be with your um, loved one. And so I sat there and I looked at her. And there was her face was glistening. The room felt peaceful. Mm-hmm. I was still in that state of peace. And I was like, wow, this is it. This is it. This is it for Onika. This is a beginning for me. Wow. So I called my husband and I told him, I said, babe, it's over. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, they declared her at 2.15 a.m. That's it. And so then um, he's on the phone and he's like, babe, I'll be right there. Um, We're just going to have one of the sisters come and watch the kids. And I'm like, okay. And, um, he came in, he walked in, and I didn't even know how Reg was going to deal with this because I'm like, he don't deal with that type of stuff. He don't yeah. deal with death, blood. <laughs> and he walked in, he's like, babe, she looked like she's sleeping. I'm like, I know. She did not look purple, lifeless. She looked like a child that was sleeping. Yeah. And when I think about all that moment, from now until then, I think of the peace that God gave me. And I said... Lord, I said yes to you, and you took a life from me. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me of when we say a life for a life, you know, when we really sacrifice our lives before Christ, we're literally dying to ourselves for him to live within us. And this was almost like that physical depiction for me. Um, That's interesting. And so... And all of that, till this day, that peace has never left me. And now I know it's from him. Mm -hmm. Because I knew when I said yes, I didn't say yes to the enemy. Mm 
I said yes to God. You know, I felt like even, and I think when you came to my house um, and we were talking about it, I said I really believe the Lord was just telling me, well done, you did enough. You know, when I came to when I came to your house, like this was the first time I met you. Mm-hmm. This was after your daughter had passed, and um, we were doing a meal train, mm. and I signed up to bring food. I put my world famous lasagna. <laughs> so I would cook Man, the best that thing I know how to make. And listen, <laughs> that thing was so good. My sister to this day is like, is it? Is she the one that made the good lasagna? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Listen, so, um, but I remember driving down there because I don't do emotions. I don't know how it's uncomfortable for me. Mm. It's always like when 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 emotions come up, mm. it's like a repellent to me. So I remember driving down there. I'm like, oh, my goodness, people are going to be crying. And I'm like, in my head, I'm literally like, how how am I supposed to act? Like, give a hug, you know, be sympathetic, Mm. like, listen, Mm. maybe don't speak too much. (laughs) Like, and then when we got down there, I remember saying to myself, I said, babe, I don't think I don't think we should go in because we had our kids. Right, right. And, um. Noah, Noah was probably still one, and Grayson was tiny. Yeah, yeah like newborn. Yeah, he was new, new. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they just lost a baby, and here we go walking in. And I, I thought about, um, I honestly thought about an abortion clinic. So I had, this is like so left, but like I had brought someone. I, I was a driver for someone to go to an abortion clinic once, and before I was saved. And um, I had my niece with me and she was a baby, like in a car seat. And we walked in and the nurse, she was like, you can't bring that baby in here. Like these look, look at where we are. They can't see that. And I'm like, it's probably going to be the same thing. Like Mm. seeing another child in this state is Mm. probably going to be like, Mm -hmm. you know, so. So. um, So, yeah. So I remember just having all these preconceived notions. Right. And um, Reg was actually outside and we told him like, hey, we just want to give you the food. You know, we don't want to bring the kids upstairs. You know, we don't want to upset your wife. And he was like, what? What are y'all talking about? Let's go. Come upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) So. um, So, yeah. So he told us to come upstairs and we come upstairs. And still I have all these preconceived notions that, you know, you were going to be crying and emotional. And (laughs) we walk in and I remember you being joyful and I said to myself I I literally said this is what grief in Christ looks like because I know grief to be this like you have, you know that that scream cry people do like when they first find out the news. Right, 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 right. Every time I th- like that's how I imagine death, mm. and it's not even like like I've gone through you mm. know a, a significant loss in my life, but again, like I said, I don't know how to do emotions well, so I didn't process it that way. Mm. But other people, I, that's the only way I've seen them process mm. it. So when I saw you, I said, "This the only thing different in this situation is Christ." Mm-hmm. And I said, this is what it's like to have the peace of Christ, mm-hmm. the assurity of Christ, even in a time like this. Mm-hmm. Woo. Yeah. And Christ you know what's funny? Um, God is so funny because a month before Onika passed, I remember um, we had a monthly meeting mm-hmm. and we were talking about mourning. We were talking about like, Mm, um, I know which month I know what you're talking about yeah and it's funny because it's not funny but 
it was like preparing our hearts because even after Onika passed, there was another death right after that. And so I was like, man, when he was preaching about that, the first thing that came to mind is, wait, if mourning is really for 30 days, then what does it look like for grief? Because you'd always hear that grief is forever. But the, that was like, tell, in my head, I'm like, but I've been grieving from the time Onika was born because there were so many things that I couldn't do as a mother to my baby that I was like, I've been grieving all this point, but there's a m- moment of mourning. Like, this is actually a thing. Like, mourning is this, and grief is this. And so it helped me put things into perspective. And so even after she passed, I was like, oh, okay, so this is really what it's like. You know, like, there is a period of mourning, but there is also a period of grief, too. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just seems like like everything was strategic, Everything mm-hmm. was strategic, and in it, God was in the midst of it yes. the entire time. Even when I felt moments, I'm like, God, where are you here? Like, I am believing for a miracle here, and you're just constantly allowing me to endure this, and it's painful. Mm-hmm. But it was necessary. Yeah. It was necessary because when I said yes, I didn't say yes, and like... I, it was just yes, a yes, if, yeah. right? Yes, but mm-hmm. it was yes. That was it. Period. And so, um, even in moments where I'm just kind of like, I want to just give up, I'm reminded of that yes now. Like that yes now means a lot more to me than it has ever been than ever before. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was telling you, like you said, yeah, being saved has no levels, but there's moments that you are going to propel that you got to endure something Mm -hmm. you got to go through something Mm -hmm. and so yeah so I'm I'm really walking this out and really walking it out the way God wants me to walk it out amen amen oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) I'm like where do I even go from here (laughs) oh my goodness okay so so wait, going back to there was one point where you were you were saying like um you were a little resistant to what what was going on with Reg and like his whole process when it comes to being introduced to a new body. Mm-hmm. And then um you eventually said yes, but before you got to the point what what's in the middle between the resistance and the yes? Like how do we get to like this definite place where it was like yes, Lord? I think for me it was because I was seeing the radical change in my husband. I like I like it was literally like I was jealous of him. Mm -hmm. There was a jealousy. There was a like, wait, what happened? Like I thought we were on the same page. Like I thought we're supposed to be doing this together. Like I think it was a lot of me. Yeah. It was a lot of me in it. And it was like, yo, just let let it flow. Like, you know, this is nothing where I'm trying to find God quickly before you, it was just, Hey babe, like we are going through things. And right now it's all, it's also a sensitive time. So I'm also as the man of the home, I'm trying to make sure that this is a place that I can raise my family. And this is a place that we need to be part of. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of it was just really removing myself. And, and this is just also why I needed to say yes, because I needed to really relinquish from myself 
Like, I believe that I was, it got to a point where I was really worshiping myself, where it's like my thoughts, my strength, my this, my that. And it was like, I can't, I can't be, I can't, you, you can't serve me here because mm-hmm. you all about you right now. And I need you to surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever that looks like, you need to surrender. And so that yes was me surrendering, was me trusting that, again, the same God that I was praying to help me, he, to heal me, to put me back together, he was using my husband again. Mm. And I had to really lay myself back down and say, okay, God, like, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> so, like, with so I think it, with yeah, this, so that's like, what I would say it was propelling really, forward. Really, I had to experience just right because I don't want to say like this is the point where you got saved, but like through this experience of losing your daughter mm-hmm. and being propelled closer to Christ and like coming into that, how do you think just not necessarily the experience of the loss, but you experiencing Christ in this new way. How do you think that has like changed who you are today compared to who you were before? Um, I would say that this has made it more alive to me than it has ever been. Mm-hmm. Like life in Christ has been, has been more alive to me. Like I can't explain it, but it's different. It's a different experience with me coming to Christ this time than it has ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, because the things that I've been praying for and believing God for, like, I've seen him answer them quickly. Mm. Quickly in a place where people would say, but you're you're going through so much pain and you're going through so much hurt. And, like, how are you even able to, like, think clearly with all yeah. that you're going through those things, those things didn't even phase me. Those things didn't even matter. It was, hey, I'm here and I'm alive and you've seen me operate. You've seen me operate where that peace that the scripture talks about that surpasses all understanding. I felt that. Mm-hmm. I had that. And I was able to just move in that. Like, I remember there were times... Um, I think it was like a week after my daughter passed. I said, babe, I feel like I'm on clouds. Mm. Like, that's what I, that's how I felt. Like, I felt like I was on clouds. And I'm like, this is not an experience I've ever had before. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm like, this has to be God. Like, this has to be. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that this ain't God. Right. You know what I'm saying? What advice would you have for someone who is attempting to, I guess attempting to cultivate their relationship with Christ while going through a situation where they're like constantly asking God for something Mm -hmm. and he's not answering the way that, that they want. Because, um, I think that your, your testimony really speaks to that, right? Like you're like, I'm home, I'm praying for a miracle Mm -hmm. and it's not happening, but yet you still had the resolve to be like, yes, period. Not yes. If you do this for me, not yes. If it looks this way, but mm-hmm. just yes. And I think, too, if I can add, mm-hmm. there was a place, there was a moment of desperation that at that point it was like, man, you're cornering me. And because you're cornering me, I have no other choice but to say yes. Mm-hmm. So that was also, too, another thing. It's like you're praying fervently. You're believing God. Like you're declaring, you're saying, God, like you are a provider. Where are you? Why are you not providing right now? Like, why are you not coming to my my rescue? Mm-hmm. 
you know, so it got to a point where like I was now desperate because I'm like, I can't. I like my strength was running out because like I said, it was a lot of me. It mm-hmm. was a lot of what I can do was, was a lot of what I can afford. And, and after a while that's going to run out. And so when I got to that point of man, I'm desperate, I'm desperate for this. I need to say yes. I need to say yes. That's so what I would um, advise is, Hey, listen, there's a moment of desperation you're going to reach. And there's something that God is going to want to hear from you. And you have to, you have to keep digging to find out what that declaration is. Mm-hmm. Because when you, after you say that, anything else proceeding after that, you're going you're gonna to be reminded of that, what you per, per, per said. So for me, like it was my yes. So what will be your word that you go back to and remember, man, God had me cornered and all I could say is yes. So what will your yes be? Or when will your yes be? And what would that yes look like? You know? Um, so I, I just say, you know, just continue to pray, continue to what, whatever it is that you're going to need to just like prostrate yourself, do that. Because that's that's in that moment you're gonna constantly be reminded. Listen, Lord, I prostrated before you, like I was seeking you. I didn't know what else to say, and in that I didn't know what else to say. I said this. I said, "Man, like you know, <laughs> I said it. Whatever it is, whatever that word is, find it. Yeah, and say it, and say it with no reservations, no nothing else after it, but a period." Mm-hmm. And, and and move in that way. Amen. My last question <laughs> for you. <laughs> Who do you know God to be? I know God to be faithful. I know God to be a healer. Mm. I know God to be those two things. He is faithful. Even when I'm not faithful, even when I thought I had it figured out his grace and his mercy is what kept me really um when you think about just my story recently um people would think that I'd be insane at this point people mm-hmm. would think that I would be just distraught losing it yeah. losing it like but you no. know but his faithfulness is what kept me his him providing for me you know, there was a moment I could, I could remember. I told my husband, I said, babe, I can't do this anymore. Like, my body started physically feeling it. Mm. And I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, I'm I'm physically feeling like I, I can't do this anymore. And just his faithfulness kept me. His, his, him providing for me. Like, like, when I think about it, I'm like, how did I wake up daily, brush my teeth, get myself ready. Like, I don't even know how I did it because I was in such an autopilot mode. Like I was just trying to survive. I don't even know how I was, how, how did I gain more weight? Like, (laughs) like I was eating good. Like how was I able to still function the way I function? Like, I don't know. I can't tell you Zyasia that I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. 
So I know him to be faithful in that way. I, I know him to be faithful in keeping my other two children. I know him to be faithful in keeping my husband. There was days where, like, you know, I'm like, I can't, like, how am I even, how can I even think of sex right now? Like, mm -hmm. seriously, like, how am I able to give up, give up to my husband? Like, how am I able to be a parent to my other two kids? Like, I don't know, but his faithfulness kept him, and my kids have never been in a place where they were angry or they were like lacking nothing. Like he, he provided, he was faithful in that season for me. And I just know him to be faithful and I know him to be a healer because again, he had to do a supernatural healing in me, mm -hmm. you know, because it, I don't know what else, I don't know how else to say it, but a healer and a faithful father, really. Amen. That's that. All right. All done. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to the Lily Podcast. I appreciate all of your support. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Lily Podcast. For a while, I have been wanting to put out a call to salvation. And the call to salvation begins with the gospel. The gospel says that God became man in Jesus Christ, that Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life, the life that we were all supposed to live. And he died the death that we are all deserving of due to our sin. Three days later, he rose again proving that he is the son of God, offering the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to all those who would repent and believe in him. If you have not answered the call to salvation and you want to answer the call to salvation, please fill out the form below and let's see if I can get you connected with disciples in your local area so that you can get started on your journey with Christ. If you have answered that call to salvation, but you haven't been activated in the Great Commission, you can use that same form below and I can get you connected with disciples in your local area that can show you how to get activated and get involved in the work that God left us here to do. The Great Commission says, Go therefore, preaching the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the things that God has commanded us. As Christians, we have a work here on this earth. So if you haven't been activated, use that form below and let's get you activated. Once again, I'm so grateful and I really do appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in and let's meet us back here next week because We'll be dropping a new episode every Friday. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support.